This next story is a is an interesting one to say the least. A new law in France will soon require automakers to include a disclaimer in their ads encouraging more energy efficient transportation alternatives such as walking, biking, or public transit. The new rules come into effect at the beginning of March um, and they require one of three statements to be included in all car ads in France, that is, for short journeys, walk or cycle, think about carpooling, or take public transport. Sounds pretty simple, but will it work? And could we see it happen elsewhere? Joining me for more on that is Brent Todarian. He's a city planner and an urbanist at Todu, Todu uh, Urban Works, rather. I apologize, Todu Urban Works. And uh, thanks for joining us to talk about this. This is a really interesting initiative. What do you make of it? Hi, and it's Todu and Urban Works is my company. Thanks. It, it, the, um, the Twitter account is can be confusing. Yes. Um, what I make of it is... By itself, um, it, it might actually almost get a chuckle, you know, is, is a disclaimer like they have on cigarette packages or even on gambling and such. Is, is, is a disclaimer going to do much? But you have, to, you have to be aware that in France, they've been doing a lot, both at the national level and particularly in cities like Paris, to, to, to make the city a lot, or the, the country a, a lot less car dependent, a lot more focused on walking, biking, and public transit. Paris has been making huge waves in recent years, probably the leading city in the world in terms of quick transformations, especially during the pandemic, towards cycling, safe biking infrastructure um, and improvements to all ways of getting around as alternative to the car. So they're transforming their cities. They're transforming their country to make walking, biking and transit a better option, physically uh, safer, more convenient, etc., so that's what's really going to make a big difference. But at the same time, we in the city building industry have been talking for years about the fact that even when you make walking and biking and transit better, it's, you're, you're kind of fighting a, a never-ending battle against the millions and millions of dollars that go into car ads uh, and what, that are constantly reinforcing this idea that the car equals freedom and that somehow if you're choosing to take walking, biking, and public transit as an alternative to car, a healthier alternative, a more climate-friendly alternative, a more equitable alternative, that somehow you're, you've failed in life or something like that. It's remarkable how ubiquitous that kind of advertising is. Uh, so there's been talk about the idea of banning car uh, advertising or talk about creating this kind of an idea of a disclaimer. Uh, but France is the first place that I'm aware of that is actually trying it, that is actually doing it. And I know a lot of other, other countries that are going to be watching to see, does it work? But it won't. here's my point. It won't work by itself, but in combination with improvements to cities to make walking, biking, and transit actually work better, that's the interesting thing to see. Will those things together work in terms of changing people's decisions and choices on how to get around? I suppose the genius of it to some extent is that a lot of people look at car ads and don't buy cars. So you're essentially getting free advertising for this message in a <laughs> lot of places, in a lot of places. Right. And, 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 and remember, it's, it's, you, you read out, I think, the three choices that they have. And they're pretty, yep. they're pretty passive choices. You know, the idea that in short trips, especially in short trips, because we know in cities, that a large percentage of the actual trips that are happening every day around cities are actually short trips. It's remarkable the high percentage that is getting made up of trips that are less than five kilometers uh, in distance. And those are trips that are particularly good for walking and cycling. 
so we so emphasizing the idea that you should think about walking and cycling, particularly for short trips, public transit whenever you can, even if you don't always take public transit, carpooling where you can. And the idea is that it just starts to get into our head, this idea that we can be multimodal citizens. It's not necessarily about banning the car. It's not saying you should never drive. But the more, the fewer cars we have in our cities, the better our cities work. The less car trips we take and the more trips that we take walking and biking and transit with lower emissions, less pollution, less physical space, less public cost, the better our cities work for everyone, including drivers. So once we get that kind of a mindset in our head, and, it, and we start to uh, push away this attack from the ads from car companies constantly that it, everything is about the car, 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 then gradually, we, well, maybe not so gradually, because frankly, with things like climate change, we need to, we need to have quick uh, change. We start to make different choices. But of course, it always comes back to, are we making the choices easier by actually improving the infrastructure for walking, biking and transit at the same time? I'm speaking with Brent Tadarian, city planner and urbanist. We're talking about France's new law coming in on March the 1st that requires car ads to have a disclaimer. Um, for short journeys, walk or cycle, think about carpooling or take public transport. So uh, and it was interesting because I was reading about, you know, France is a very bureaucratic place. And I'm sure anyone from other places will recognize that people in other parts of the world may bristle a little bit at just how bureaucratic it can be. Um, doesn't mean it's a bad idea or a good idea, but it's, it is. And uh, so... One of the three will be required in any form of advertising, including online, print, radio, or TV. It must be clearly readable, or in the case of radio, spoken aloud at the end of the commercial. So it's, uh-huh. uh, you know, they mean business here. One of the things I found really interesting about the approach, and this was explained by their Minister of Ecological Transition, uh, they have one of those, is that it wasn't just about, it's, it's about electric cars too. Like it's about, it's about where mm. we're going, not just where we've been. Um, how do you see that? Well, one of the big challenges we had, and we certainly saw this at the recent COPE um, uh, uh, international event, is that there's a really lazy narrative that says all we need to do to address climate change and have our cities work better is to turn over our car fleet from fossil fuels to electric cars. But one thing that every expert that has ever looked at this knows and has concluded definitively is that that won't go far enough. It won't go nearly far enough. Plus, the irony is every time we've ever made cars better, we've ended up selling more of them and driving even more, which actually erases the benefits of the new technology. We actually, there's a name for it. It's called Jevons Paradox. Every time we improve cars, we end up having more of them and driving more. So we know that EVs, electric vehicles, can be part of the solution, but they are not the solution. The solution has to include fewer cars and less driving and more trips in our cities that are taken by walking, biking, and transit. Now, to be clear, that doesn't mean we're trying to say to anybody, you can't drive. But ironically, we know that the more trips that are taken willingly through encouragement by walking, biking, and transit, the better it works for everyone, including the people that do want to and have to drive. Because frankly, if everybody's driving in cities, nobody moves well. That's just geometry. So the more people that we can entice to walk, bike, and take public transit to better infrastructure, the better it works for everyone. And EVs are part of the solution, but it's a really dangerously lazy narrative to say that they are all of the solution because we know that that this just, just doesn't go far enough. 
the short trip thing is fascinating because, of course, that's that's true. I mean, city streets are always clogged with people going not very far or on their way to somewhere else. I guess right. one of the things that comes into into play here, though, is that you do need to have, and you know, you know, Paris has great public transit and and lots of places to bike, and they've been it's sort of been a biking bicycle city for quite a long time. Not every city is equipped to allow you to do the kinds of things that even those disclaimers are asking you to do with ease and comfort. Well, that is absolutely right. And that's why I emphasize the fact that if you're trying to encourage people to walk, bike and take public transit, and yet your city is almost designed to make that impossible, or at least very hard, then you're, then you're trying to sell a pretty bad product, if you put it bluntly. So that's why I emphasize that without the actual improvements to the infrastructure to make the choices better, and that's both infrastructure and land use, uh, city planning, the idea that you actually bring things closer together through density and land use, that's going to make these choices better. But the interesting thing is, you said that Paris has been this way for a long time. Actually, it hasn't. The, the interesting thing about Paris is that was a city just a few years ago choking in cars. It's amazing. Because it's an old city, people who haven't been there in, in a long time perceive it as this beautiful walking city. It was choking in cars. And the biking infrastructure was unsafe. Public transit was stuck in the same traffic as, as everyone else, the buses, certainly. And so it's actually remarkable to, to understand that it's only been in the last three to five years that Paris, as old as it is, has um, revolutionized its mobility and is, has become a biking city. So I often say that anyone who thinks Paris was always a biking city should have been there just a few years ago. My last trip to Paris was in 2019, and I was working with the transportation folks there. It was a terrible place to bike, and man, was it a terrible place to drive, because if you tried to drive anywhere, you were stuck in traffic for hours. But that now I remember. It's, it's amazing the transformation that has happened, even just in the last two years during this pandemic. It must have been, I spent all my time on the metro, and it worked pretty yeah. well. So I always when, <laughs> you're, when you're underground, you, you don't necessarily perceive it. It's true. I defer to you. Uh, thanks for correcting that. Uh, listen, fascinating conversation. Brent Tadarian, city platter and urbanist at, at Todd Urban Works, uh, talking today about this new rule coming in in France at the beginning of March. Uh, disclaimers on car ads suggesting people use alternatives for short trips. Uh, look forward to see how it unfolds. Thanks for your time tonight. My pleasure. Glad to help.